Kia ora. I'm Laura Clark, the British High Commissioner to New Zealand. Welcome to another episode of Tea with the High Commission, the British High Commission's podcast, where we interview a range of interesting people talking about anything and everything, and in the process discover the great connections between the UK and New Zealand. あ、おてか、おてかはまなたなオペレーターのにてねやたらこうこねめぐれが。あ、まつわてなあこえ。てなあこえほわ。かたかたまやなこえてはえ、え、からがひやこまつわ。あ、はい、はい、いのからなき
And that talks about treasuring our treasures that have been passed down to us from our ancestors and receiving them and passing them on to the next generation in a better condition than we got them. So that's the really essence of that in terms of like what tikanga is around. So if we think of past, well, we think of things like our whakapapa, our tikanga, how we operate, our reo, our language, particularly things around our land and our water, how we operate with those sorts of things, our connections with nature, and also all the things that you know bring us together into the a Māori context of intergenerational strategies. When we think of in present for Māori businesses, we think of things like policy and trade and innovation, all those things, and emerging Māori enterprises, but it's really having a look at the ones that are really authentically Māori that can actually evolve and still operate in a cultural context. So we're culturalising commerce, if you like. Mm. And then we, if we think of the future in terms of Māori enterprise, we think about, yeah, things like business transformation and growing these businesses into really exciting spaces and places. But we have to do it authentically. So we want to get recognition of the things that are important to us around supporting our Māori intellectual property around those things that we talked about earlier around the past, which is our reo, our tikanga, and our people and communities. Thank you, Hone. That's uh, really interesting. And you've used the term authentically quite a bit in that explanation. And when we think about the FOMA 32 conference, the past, the present, and the future, and these notions of intergenerational transmission, of taonga or things that are precious to Māori, and we're talking tangible and non-tangible items of value. You talked about land and water, so our natural resources, but you also talked about uh, whakapapa genealogy, uh, te reo Māori, our Māori language, those things that make us Māori and I guess make, um, make a business and its character Māori and authentically Māori. And we are, um, you know, for, for those, particularly those overseas uh, in, in, uh, that are not in New Zealand listening to this, Māori is a, is a um, we're a homogeneous culture uh, in as far as a collective of Māori people, but we also have the nuance of iwi and hapu um, character that makes us authentically sub-tribal or our, our, our more nuanced collectives beyond, uh, you know, be, beyond the kind of broader macro of Māoridom. What are... Um, when you think about FOMA 32 and we think about the conference in this uh, past, present and future intergenerational transmission uh, of things that are important, where do you place, um, where does profit and I guess a more traditional non-Māori business lend, how does that fit in? Because you said business, Māori businesses are businesses anyway, but how does that traditional model um, kind of interact with what we might know and understand in a 21st century world to be a modern business model? How do those two entities interact? Well, Māori businesses, if you think of the international context, it's about working sustainably. It's about working authentically with people. It's about taking care of our land. It's about ensuring that what we do doesn't damage things for the future generations in, in terms of our products and also the way that we operate. So. For Māori industries, what sets us apart is really looking at quality and provenance. So for Tohu Wines, for instance, and I'm a director of Tohu Wines, the first Māori wines company in the world, one of the greatest wine exporters of it, you can get anywhere. It's a fantastic product that we have developed, which has moved us up the value chain in terms of actually growing something, and then we then develop it from grapes into wine, so there's a process that we do and then we sell it with an authentic Māori story. 
But the really important aspect to that is we are growing our tohu wines on our ancestral lands. That's the really important thing. And we're trying to do as much of that from a kaupapa Māori perspective, and we're making sure that we have science and technology incorporated in what we do to make us better, but through a te ao Māori lens. And one of the things that uh, Wakatun Corporation is looking to do is we've also got a quota where we're trying to employ as many of our owners in our business. So there's a social enterprise and social impact investing aspect to that as well. What are some of the challenges that you face operating that model, that business model of um, authentic Māori character, Māori aspiration, tikanga and um, uara, matāpuno, Māori values and principles? What are some of the challenges that you find working, I guess, largely within a non-Māori economic environment in New Zealand, regulated by um, local and national government, for example? What are some of the challenges you find and how do you push through those? One of the biggest issues that you can be is you look for the profit early at the expense of what happens in the future. We can't do that as Māori enterprises. We will always think of the long game in this, and if we have to take a hit for now to preserve what we need to do, we take a precautionary principle. So if there's anything that may uh, have an impact around our whenua, or our moana, our awa, those sorts of things, we won't do it. And that actually is something that we want to communicate to our end consumers in terms of the products around our moana order programs, our whenua order programs, where we say these are credence attributes in that what we do is less harmful or not harmful at all compared to what our competitors' products are. How do we communicate that to the consumers? Well, we have to tell really, really good stories about it. And that's going to actually be really important for us when we think of this current international context around trade where there's a lot of things happening around trade wars and a potential slowing of the global economies. Well, when we have authentic stories behind our products, that places us in a premium position with the consumers and in the markets, and that will endure past these little things like trade tariffs and those sorts of things. Some of that may sound... I, I'm, I'm uh, admittedly not a business expert like you, sir. However, some of that would may sound counterintuitive to what a traditional business model might be. For example, to take a profit hit, and then, but to think more intergenerationally and long term. So, so would it be fair to say other um, benefits that may be not traditionally measured by, um, I guess, uh, more contemporary business metrics or economic metrics? Are we saying that those are important? as important, if not more important, than money to Māori business? Well, we're here forever. So we can't afford to uh, do anything that will actually impact on our future generations. So yeah, it is more important for us. We will absolutely take a hit if we don't think it's the right thing to do. There's Modi involved in what we do as well, which is the, uh, it's, it's a life force concept around it. In a, in a non-Māori world, we talk about ESG, so environmental, social and governance, so the biggest investors in the world, like BlackRock, which is you know, a lot of trillions of dollars worth of investment, they will only invest in businesses that actually can demonstrate their ESG credentials. We as Māori have them innately in our DNA, the way that we operate. And there's a lot of checks and balances in Māoris to make sure we do it. For instance, it's the aunties at the front of the hui that tell us that we're not doing the right job. There's you know, trade and export and innovation uh, um, characters of industry uh, are not foreign concepts to Māori. And in fact, uh, many will probably think that this is 
that Māori trade and export and business was something that uh, probably became more prominent post-colonialism. But actually, we've been trading for a long time to not just uh, a Pacific market, but to a global market, um, largely in primary industries, of course. But the Māori economy and the Māori business world is diversifying what we're doing and how we're doing it. We've been talking to um, businesses like T3W, for example. Uh, so tell me about what the diversification of the Māori economy has looked like um, over the last few decades and where you think it's going. Well, Māori enterprise has focused a lot, and you're absolutely right, Ehua, we've been trading for hundreds of years. We've been doing it in terms of our local Pacifica context, in terms of Moana Nui Akiwa, and also actually broader. We had first trading ships between New Zealand and Australia, though were Māori ones. So we've been doing that for a long time. The treaty settlement processes for many iwi entities, although Wahatu isn't an iwi entity, they actually got land back. What did we do with those sorts of things? Well, we then developed what were traditional business systems. But we started to move up from those business systems. But we're really important occupiers of most of the primary industries in New Zealand. 40% of forestry in New Zealand is Māori-owned. 30% of land production is Māori. 50% of the fishing quota is Māori, timia, timia, timia. All of those things. We're really significant contributors to the New Zealand primary industries. And there's provenance in the way that we do the primary industries, like aquaculture and seafood. So we have to have a sustainability program, our moana ora program, for how we do raising in terms of aquaculture and uh, mussels. In terms of horticulture, we have a whenua ora program. So we're doing kiwi fruit, apples, pears and hops and those sorts of things. Even honey, manuka honey, for instance, we need to know that we've got the intellectual property protected around those sorts of things. And we're involving it evolving it to be more than just honey on the table. It's things that go into health and well-being products. And that's actually got a social impact investment aspect to it, where we can do small-scale micro-enterprise, we can scale it up, we can employ local people in those sorts of things. It's environmentally sustainable, it works with our whenua and our people, those sorts of things. Tourism industry is really important for Māori, so that's inbound sort of stuff, because we have to have an authentic Māori story that is respectful. And when you think of New Zealand overseas, people think of Māori. And so we've got to do that really right, and it's a great way to grow our enterprise and actually showcase New Zealand, because it's nothing like coming here and seeing and breathing and smelling it and thinking, wow, this country is, it's fantastic. One of the really most exciting things that is happening in the Māori economy and the Māori business world is actually tech, and technical industries and technology. And that's where Māori businesses are investing really heavily into the future for us. Because half of the Māori population is under 24 years old. So that's a massive uh, demographic. That's yours and my demographic, isn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's exactly <laughs> right. There are no pictures in this, is there? Yeah, that's right. So one of the things is we want to champion them into all levels of Māori business. That's business owners, business leaders, business managers, innovators and investors. And one of the particular ways that we're doing that is we've got a real focus at FOMA around science and technology or STEM stuff. And one of our chief technology officer, uh, Te Horipo, he's going to showcase some of the really five just really key things that are happening in terms of technology sector that FOMA and the Māori uh, business sector are doing. Can I just list a couple? Yeah, please. Okay, cool. So, you know, just a summary of some of these uh, tech programs we've got is around, one is around regenerative agriculture. So, and in his words, it's something like just not nuking the land and water. So that's kind of a cool way. But it's really sustainable farming using better science, science and technology 
through that te ao Māori lens. And then genomics, which is around just being a kaitiaki of our whenua and basically mimicking nature so we've got vibrant soils to produce really good products around those things. We've got technology incubators, so that's early stages of scientific ideas that we're um, gestating. So developing a Māori technology ecosystem capability and investment. Investment's a really important aspect to it. So science and commercialization of science and technology using our rangatahi, our young people in that one. And then there's a, solu a solutions lab, which is around innovation development, working through with Māori businesses about what innovation really is about and then it's a virtual lab coming together with practical solutions for Māori businesses and capability development. And then the last one is really around rangatahi STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and maths sort of stuff. But it's focused around environmental sustainability and wellness and well-being. And wellness and well-being is absolutely where Māori businesses are evolving. So we're looking to grow products like kiwi fruit, but we're going to use those sorts of things in terms of nutraceuticals and stuff. And, to, and potential pharmaceuticals where they may help people. So it's a, a value-add product, and it's us moving up the value chain in terms of technology and science. You know, that's really exciting. I, I get excited particularly to think about the future and the role of aurangatahi in the future and uh, what that world will look like for Māori. And you and I may not um, be around, sadly, to see that in its full prosperity. <laughs> Um, but it's ex so. but it's exciting to it's exciting to think about that, and uh, you've kind of already started to talk about the notion of innovation, the role of technology and our young people, and where the where the world is going. And this is you know Maori once again keeping up with global trends and in many ways uh, leaders in, in in this sense. Tell me what you think about what does the future world look like for Maori, if. Māori business and economy, Māori innovation, authentic Māori innovation, successful um, practice of our values, of our principles, of looking after our resources, looking after each other, our communities and our whānau. What does that world look like to you aspirationally if this all works the way it should? Yeah, hua, it's about fundamentals that every Māori can relate to. It's about a world where kaitiakitanga is fundamental. It's about a world where manakitanga of people and nature and land is absolutely the first premise around business. And it's about fairness and sustainability and all of those aspects to it. So I think better products in terms of markets where people are more discerning consumers of these sorts of things, a more sustainable world so that we can all participate in it. We can grow and we can develop and we can get some uh, economic well-being as well as our own health and well-being aspects to it, but we're not going to do it at the expense of future generations and at the expense of our, our earth, basically. Mm. So I think, you know, those align very strongly with the tikanga of being Māori and Māori enterprises, and we want to make sure that we do that so that's part of that culturalising commerce and the economies that I've talked about. Māori have always been excellent partners and our modern Aotearoa New Zealand is a country that's built on partnership and we know that we can't uh, we can't go out and conquer the world alone we need to collaborate and most of the and a lot of our collaboration and our partners particularly global ones and non-Maori ones uh, so I want to just talk a little bit about what that partnership looks like when we have I guess two coming togethers of different world views and what that what those 
um, partnerships look like. And then also, if you get there, um, love to talk about indigenous to indigenous trade as well. Māori is an indigenous people uh, working with other indigenous peoples uh, of the world. Absolutely. So one of the big issues for Māori, when we work on our ancestral lands and we work on our products and those sorts of things, we still need the money to do it. We still need to get some investment. And actually getting investors into Māori businesses is particularly important. The new New Zealand Venture Investment Fund is a really great sort of concept that's just come through. It's an innovation around targeting low uh, local growth businesses at the 2 to $15 million valuation level. Well, we could do that with our external partners overseas as well because we want to have integrated value chains so that we don't just the profit doesn't just leave us at the farm gate or at the wharf it actually continues with us through everything until we get to the end consumer and the more integrated we are into those value chains or value webs then the more likely we're going to have be able to clip some of the ticket and we're not going to dilute the authentic story for us so that's a really important aspect so uh, indigenous business to business is a really great thing to do. At the moment, New Zealand is negotiating four free trade agreements, uh, sorry, rather nine free trade agreements. And we've concluded um, the CPTPP, which is a really significant trade agreement. It's about $13.5 trillion worth of trade, uh, potentially between all the different uh, 11 partners in that one. Māori is fundamental in terms of this trade agreement for us with New Zealand because we've actually had a carve-out of that trade agreement around the Treaty of Waitangi, Te Tiriti Clause, an exclusion clause, which means that there can't be anything in a trade agreement that we can trade off that is going to be against the principles of the treaty. That's a really important thing for us. And we seem to find that it's a really easy conversation for us to have with other indigenous businesses. So they get us straight away. We've just had a delegation go through to Peru, and we've talked about their development. They are really awesome on their uh, kumara. they got a ton of kumara over there. I think it might have come from there. I'm not sure. Wow. And it's fantastic. They're doing some fantastic science and technology around those sorts of things. But really importantly, they're preserving their intellectual property around those sorts of things. And we want to make sure that everywhere we trade, we recognise Indigenous intellectual property, and they recognise it for us and so we're making sure that's incorporated in all trade agreements. And we think it's a real opportunity for us to work with other countries that recognise those sorts of things that are important, like the United Kingdom. So we're really keen to actually participate in the United Kingdom in their new uh, place moving forward. We've got a great history between us. We've got fantastic trading history from that. Uh, we would love to see an arrangement where these same sorts of things come in in terms of a free trade agreement between New Zealand and UK, UK and New Zealand, and we get the indigenous aspect to it front and centre in those conversations because I think it'll be really something that will be great for the end consumer and it'll be really great for Māori businesses. And we want it to be like, you know, it used to be before the UK went into the European community in the 1970s. We want it better because Māori are in a way better place now in terms of our business and enterprises than we even were then. That sounds really exciting, um, Ewa, and uh, just, to, just to backtrack before we go into the UK-Māori relationship, the Indigenous to Indigenous relationship, uh, talking about Peru, for example, and the readiness, I guess, or the kind of um, inherent sense of empathy for other Indigenous networks and economies and businesses, uh, and as you say, making that coming together of thought um, and aspiration a more natural one. 
Um, is there any kind of global indigenous uh, business forum or network where you know those like-minded and like aspirationed peoples can come together and share ideas because I hear what you're saying about FOMA. It's exciting to me, not just as a Maori person, but just as a citizen of the 21st century world and what sustainable business could look like. Is there a forum like that or are there discussions across indigenous peoples that allow those learnings to and that knowledge base to transfer? There absolutely is. So there's an indigenous business networks that are happening, and we're participating in a number of them. We've just recently had an indigenous business-to-business business, uh, delegation go through to North America for the in indigenous peoples and First Nations people of North America, so that's Canada and the United States. And we've just taken a delegation through to Mexico because Mexico is one of the signatories to the CPTPP, and some of their stuff is particularly focused around their indigenous people. In fact, our, our people that went on the delegation, everybody thought they were Mexicans, because we look a bit like Mexicans. <laughs> but really importantly, they thought, wow, do you know what, do you know what Mexicans love? Well, uh, part of it, wine, which is a great thing for us, but also uh, aquaculture, mussels and those sorts of things. So kaimoana, really important thing to share for us between each countries. Uh, looking at uh, really important things around rongoa, so our indigenous uh, medicines and our approaches to those ones and how we can actually incorporate those into health and well-being. These people have their indigenous ways around rongoa, we have ours, and we're looking to use the best of uh, modern and western science and with matauranga uh, Māori to bring these things together so that we can actually have those in these different markets and share some of these things. But in a way where we we don't take the essence away from the people who naturally should have and own and, and other guardians and supporters of those. Yeah, that's really exciting. So uh, just to just to finish us off today, we've talked about um, the UK Maori trade and the important role of Maori in this um, broader UK New Zealand um, trade and investment relationship. And FOMA 32 and the conference coming up in Nelson, uh, the British High Commissioner to New Zealand, Her Excellency Laura Clark, will come down and uh, visit. And we'll be uh, looking forward to sharing and, I guess, being immersed in uh, many smart minds like your good self and for um, the UK uh, coming to understand and to begin those discussions of what this partnership can look like. Tell us a little bit more about what we can expect at the FOMA 32 conference. And well, you know, we're going to have some great speakers in, in our conference on the 27th and 28th of September. One of the speakers is Karenza Johnston, who is a, 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 she's a mega superstar in Māori enterprise. She's the chief executive of Wakatū, and she's going to talk about the Wakatū story, which is a leading Māori business in the innovation space, basically, and about how we move up the value chain and those sorts of things in a business of land and sea and water. We've got the Minister uh, for the Provincial Growth Fund, Shane Jones, coming to talk to us, Adrian Orr, the Governor of the Reserve Bank, uh, the Honourable Nanaya Mahuta, who's the Minister of Māori Economic Development, Honourable Damien O'Connor, who's the uh, Minister responsible for our primary industries and the Primary Sector Council, Lane Yeager, who is the former Chief Executive of Zespri, and on the uh, Primary Sector Council, talking about innovation in the primary industry space. Our FOMA technology people, um, Te Horepo Karaitiana, talking about FOMA innovation and our Māori technical uh, tech industry. I see technical all the time. Paul Morgan, who's the Wakatū Chief Executive, and also uh, Vangelis Vintalis, who's the DEPSEC at Foreign Affairs and the former New Zealand Ambassador 
ambassador to the World Trade Organization, talking about trade because that's a really important fundamental when we think about businesses. And then we talk about indigenous executive leadership with a professor from Victoria University, Ian Williams, and then bringing it all together, making sense of the numbers is Dr. Ganesh Nana, talking about macro and local economic analyses. And then finishing off around some of those ones is the Right Honourable Dame Jenny Shipley talking about the Asia Aotearoa experience from her uh, experience as a leader in that particular area and maybe some of her reflections on her time as Prime Minister of New Zealand. So a great lineup, and there's many more of those sorts of things and it'll be a really exciting time for us around it. And I think really importantly, it's, it'll be a new world for us in our relationship with many of our partners, but particularly with the United Kingdom in terms of trade and international relationships. And we want to be a really fundamental part of that and the FOMA conference is a great chance to distill all those conversations into some really great discourse on how we move forward around those things. Informed conversations with really active participants around it. So we're absolutely looking forward to it. Pauline McGregor, thank you very much for being with us uh, today, for uh, joining us on this beautiful Wellington Day uh, in Aotearoa, the centre of the universe here in uh, New Zealand. Uh, it's just been a real thrill to be able to um, unpack uh, I guess more about FOMA and the network, but also the aspirations of Māori business, the fundamental principles of what the Māori business world looks like uh, for our listeners out here, both in New Zealand and uh, in the UK and further afield. Uh, it's certainly been my pleasure to uh, have you in here this morning. I know you're a busy man, so we'll let you go on and continue to change the world uh, one mighty business at a time. Uh, but for now, e hoa ngā mihi nui kia koe, kua whakawātea iā koe anō, ki te tai mai, ki te kōrero, ki te whakawhitiwhiti kōrero e pāna ki tēnei kaupapa neina ko te ao hokohoko nei, arā ko te ao o te hauoro, te wii Māori hūrinoa. Nō reira, kei te mihi atu kia koe, koutou ko o mātu atu puna i kawea mai nei e koe i tēnei ata. Thank you again, Hone, for being with us, and we're looking forward to being with you at FOMA 32. Kā nui te mihi kia koe mō tō mihi mahana mō tēnei rā. Uh, look forward to seeing you all and, and coming out and enjoy the lovely Te Ihu, top of the South Island. And arguably top of the world. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. We'll see you soon. Thank Kau you for fai. joining us. Kia ora. Kia ora everyone. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review as it helps others find us. And remember, you can subscribe to us by searching for Tea with the High Commission on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you. Kakiti anō.